0: Hey everybody, this is Ricky. Here, oh, yeah, I'll give myself a few seconds. Uh, hey everybody, this is Ricky. Um, I am interviewing somebody today that uh, I don't know how long I've known him. Um, that's pretty common with some of these, uh, but I think it's probably been over a decade at this point. Um, uh, We—he's responsible for my current uh, day job. Uh, directly responsible for that, uh, and uh, uh, we played vid- uh, video games, well not video games, but board games together, and hung out, and he's been to almost every RocketCon. Uh but I'm going to bring my friend uh, Adam Gecking on, so Adam, if you want to come in. Adrian's going oh, to he like, uh, fly, so uh, this is Adam, Adam, do you remember how we met? Not exactly. Okay. I mean, I
1: think the first time I spoke to you was maybe at one of the Death of False Hopes. All right. Maybe not. I don't
0: know. That's that's good, because uh, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> uh, when we <when> met <laughs> you, uh, you just appeared in my life at some point, and uh, we knew each other. Uh, I remember when you first moved to Richmond. Yeah, I remember, I remember that, too. With uh, your old house. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that was six years ago? Seven. Seven years ago. So, I've known you over a decade, I feel comfortable saying. Um, oh, great. But, uh, this, so this is Adam, uh, and, and uh, we're going to do 10 good minutes. It ends up being a little bit more than 10 minutes, but uh, I'm going to ask you some scripted questions, and we'll just have a conversation. Uh, and then we're going to do our top 10 Switch games. Uh, oh, Adrian is going, she's bringing me my libations to keep my throat from drying out. Thank you. All the wine. Yeah, all the wine. I'm I'm having communal wine here. Uh, It is Sunday.
1: It's all Sunday. Uh, Ooh, ooh,
0: perfect. And this, normally you're supposed to get your interviewee drinking, right? Uh, That's going to be hard to do. Uh, (laughs) Do you have some water in I'll take some water. I didn't even think about that. Regular
1: water or fizzy water?
0: Regular, please. Ice? Oh, no, thank you. No ice. Alright. So. Now that we've got the, the formalities out of the way, uh, Adam, is, what's your tagline? Give yourself a 10 words or less. Tell me who you are in 10 words or less. Uh, he, him, I run a record label. Right. You know, and rescue cats. All right. I don't know if that was 10 words, but it was close enough.
1: That so. was seven words. You got three to go.
0: Uh, well, no, it's good. <laughs> you can just come home. <laughs> I don't want
1: to walk across the camera.
0: That's fair. I appreciate that. Um, Alright, do you like board games? I do. I scored by a little earlier on. So what's your favorite board
1: game? Ooh, um, that's tough. I like cheesy board games or really simple ones sometimes. Okay. So I guess not board games, but I really like Love Letter. Oh, Love Letter's great. Yeah, that's it's great. So, and it's, it's one of the few games that my wife and I can agree on, but it's
0: easy to teach somebody. It's really fast. Yeah, and it's fun. Exactly. Uh, we, uh... I had a cabin getaway with, uh, with me, and Adrian, and Connor, and Amanda, and Jameel, and Jameel's new girlfriend, uh, so you knew all but one of those people, and uh, we played a lot of Love Letter there, which just because it's easy, right, and it plays, plays a lot of people, and uh, it's fun, so that's a good, uh, alright, Love Letter's a good choice. Yeah, we have a Batman Love Letter, at our house. Oh, you know that's out of print, right? No. It's, uh, I think it's still out of print, that's very valuable, it was over $100 for that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sitting on a gold mine, uh maybe. If you ever wanted to <laughs> unload Batman Love Letter, you could you know, trade it in for little second Charles. Uh oh, don't do that. Um Worry Yeah. Um so how how do you uh how did you come into my life? What is your recollection of how you came into my life? Um, I was thinking music related stuff. Yeah, so my um, guess would be that the false hope but that would be what were you doing there? selling things. Uh, Alright, so, so what was here, because I was playing, uh, and you were selling, what were you selling? Oh, I make records, CDs, skateboards, and all kinds of dumb things.
1: Oh. I, I run Satan Records. How did you get into that? Oh, honestly, I, okay, I used to run a different record label that I started when I was 18, and that went out of business because I got screwed over by a distributor, and so when I was owning a record store, I swore off ever putting out records again, I would never do this thing, so it was like 2003, I was like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. I'm never gonna put out a record or CD or anything like this again. And then 2007, I think it was, 2006, 2007, the Riot before I played my store. Yeah. And I was like, oh, these guys are amazing. They are. And no one was putting out their music physically. And I was like, fine, I guess I'm gonna have to do this again. And then pick it up again. So
0: was that the, uh, that was the thing we put out before Fistberry Markets, right? The very
1: first thing I did for them was um, a split with them in Broadway Falls. Okay. And then This okay. Pockets came out. there's my third release. All right. Uh, what was your second release? GDP, the hip hop guy. Oh, okay. He okay. toured with um, Dirty Money, or would be cheesy.
0: Spanish Gamble. Team. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow, that's a that's a, a relic of punk rock past there. Uh, some Spanish Gamble and and. Uh, you were knee deep in the uh, I guess, right? Oh yeah. I all those bands played American right. Arkansas. Okay. Where, what was your record store?
1: It was called Volume. It was in Virginia Beach. Okay. If you ever get bored on YouTube, you can search videos live at Volume. All right. And find a bunch of random ones. Like All Time Low playing in my record store, or <laughs> Anti-Flag playing in my record store, or Bayside, or like the band Mayday Parade. I remember them as well. Yeah, a bunch of like, when, you know, when they were coming through to town, I would get a hold of the record labeler or their managers and be like, hey, we could do them in store. And they would always do it. So, like we did
0: one for Under Oath. We did a big signing for them, and then, you know, a little bit of everything. When you, so Adam and I, uh, Adam got me a job at 2nd and Charles, which is where I, uh, I worked. Um, you also had Guar right? Were you the GM in that? You weren't the GM in no, that. No, it was before I started at 2nd Charles. I heard about it, I heard it was amazing. Yeah, what a bummer, right? Neither one of us was there for something that we both should have been. Oh, um, Would've been awesome. It would've, it would've. So now you're what, uh, ten years into the label, more than that? Well, I think it's fifteen now. Fifteen years. Um, what what's your journey been like, going from you know putting out right Before before anybody knew who they were to where you are now? What's, what's that been like?
1: Well, first it started. It was kind of slow, and then right Before it did really well, and then I closed the record store that I had because the economy tanked in two thousand and eight. Yep. So at the two thousand eight I closed it, but that year I only did like one or two releases and then now I'm up to like eighteen albums coming out this year. Wow. So it's a big change it's It is. It's basically just spends on the time, but so the last couple of years it's been pretty steady and pretty solid, so I have no
0: complaints at all at the Um, what would you say has been your like favorite album you put out? Not necessarily your biggest one, but the one mm-hmm. you had the most fun
1: putting out. Honestly, the, the one I tell everyone to check out is Stormy Blue by Choke Up. Okay, that's a great album. It's just very solid, it's front to back. Yeah. Um, And then for singles, I tell everyone to check out the band Let It Go. The, band, uh, the album's called Modern Atlas, which is a 7 inch.
0: Okay. But it sounds like Lifetime Meets Hot Water music. Okay. Uh, uh, so, like, Damien, right at <laughs> he, like, he, uh, loved, he loved them. Yeah, it sounds like that's something he would love. Um, well, now you, you know, I guess you've moved into. Um, yeah, Will Wood, right? That's your your uh, big signing, right? F signing. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, you do contracts, or you just? Uh, I mean, I do like deal memos. Okay. That. I mean, but I also put everything I do that the
1: bands can walk away at any time, as long as, like if I have expenses, all they do is buy me out, and then I'll give them everything we're done. Because I don't want anyone to feel like they're stuck. Yeah.
0: Real. Yeah. What uh? What would you say? Because the independent landscape, right, has drastically. In One, <laughs> the, 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 even in the time you've been doing this, what's the biggest change
1: for you? So, okay, I'll go back to just a precursor. The, the old record label I used to run was called the EMS Records. Mm-hmm. Um, I put out a band called No Cash in 2003, which kind of sounded like a choking victim worship band. Okay. And we sold 12,000 copies of a CD the first year it came out. Wow. And that was good, but not like as yeah. good as
0: it could sure. have been. But now it's like it's that would have gotten you on the Billboard Top 100 right now. 100. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: so the, the difference is like then versus now. If you sell a thousand copies of something in a year, you feel like you're succeeding. Yeah. Whereas opposed to then, it was like if you sold 500 copies, you're like, why is this band not doing anything? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. And on that, how was? Because I think a lot of people don't, you know, they know about the artist side. They know about big time labels, but how have you seen streaming, Bandcamp, all that, what, what kind of impact does that have for you? I mean, honestly,
1: okay, so when I first started the record label, I was kind of against visual downloads, mm-hmm. like, as a, as a thing where I thought people would want physical medium and they would, like, flock to it still, and, and it was just me being outdated and mis- yeah. having a giant misconception, and so I was very slow to pick up on doing all that stuff where, I, I mean, now I have all my stuff on Spotify and iTunes, so I'm like yeah. Apple Music or whatever. Yeah. And everybody to see at first I'm like, no, this is stupid, no one should do that. <laughs> and I was like, and then, so then I went on this weird excursion for a while where I still do it like almost everything on my website is free to download. Yeah. So I, I, it, it's one of those things that we can all realize that people are going to get it if they want. Yeah. So Might as well make it accessible. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So you can get like, an actual download instead of getting, you know, some of junk files and a virus. Yeah, uh
0: we don't need a bit to you can just download it for free. Yeah. Exactly. No Napster's <laughs> either. <for you. laughs> yeah. It, it was it was weird, you know, being on the band side, right? Uh having that the ability to just put your music out there revolution I guess, you know, when I was in a band, it made it so that you could go on tour in places because people were because they could download your album for free. Uh it I don't know that it helps us sound the music, but it definitely <laughs> helps us get out into new places. But, yeah, help people hear the music. Um. So how do you pick, this is the band I want to put it out? Like, how does that work for you? Well, lately, okay, so I'm doing an album
1: for Sarah and the Safe, where I'm doing a reissue of their first, first album. Okay. And I'm doing Sarah's solo project. Um, and Sarah's great, and she's been basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, and put my AR person. Okay. Where basically, she's helped me sign like six bands I'm working with. Wow. Her. And yeah, so she has a really good taste of music, and her and I get along amazingly. So it's just if she likes something and says they're good people, I've been picking a lot of them up. Yeah. But um, otherwise, I use Spotify as A&R. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, if you like this, you like this. And, and more often than not, I'm like, yeah, I like this. I do, I do like this. Spotify? Yeah.
0: That's actually funny. That's. How I find new bands to listen to, too, is I'll just be listening to Spotify, and then it'll go to, the, you know, the, the radio, artist radio. Yeah. And it's like, nope, 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 oh, oh yeah, this is really good. <laughs> Where did this come from? Uh, yeah, then you go and listen to the album, and
1: you're like, oh, wait, no, this isn't good. Oh, wait, no, this is great. Like, just. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, and it, it's cool. It's weird, too, because sometimes you'll you'll hit it, and you'll be like, oh, it was just that one song. And then other times, wow, they're really good. Oh. Adrian is Adria adding applause for my uh, <laughs> sentence there. Thank you. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm so glad we get to keep this in. Uh, you're going to get us taken down for uh, copyright infringement. Um, uh, well, you know, I think I already know the answer to this, but what's one band you uh, wish you had signed that you didn't? Oh, see, honestly, the last couple of years has been the Muslims. Yeah, I figured that's a that local band,
1: right? In North Carolina. Yeah. 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 I, Localish. Yeah, I was messaging them for a while, and I loved their band, and I totally understand why they didn't, because now they're on Epitaph. Yeah. But I was bugging them
0: for a minute to try to
1: help them get out the records, because they're so good.
0: They are. And it's it's wild uh, that, you know, North Carolina doesn't really have a burgeoning punk scene uh, so much as just pockets of bands that pop up, so it's wild. that something from my home state uh has blown up like that and they're very cool um uh, so that was the professional talk we got that out of the way so let's let's talk about the, the fun stuff so um you're a collector i collect a lot of things what what do you, what do you collect okay
1: um i collect records yes i collect some skateboards mostly because I make skateboards mm-hmm. so I
0: have them now. But you like, don't
1: skateboard, right? Not anymore. I to okay. skateboard more than I do. Yeah. And now I'm just old.
0: Yeah. It's like, don't yeah. skateboard after 40. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I believe my wife told me I have explicitly forbidden from stepping on a skateboard.
1: You can step as long as it does not move.
0: Not, that's actually
1: more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, to I, say, I don't know how you can step on it without anything. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for like we'll table that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, records, skateboards, um, a lot of retro video game stuff, comic books, books, um, Legos, mannequins. I think that's about it. there's mannequins. I mean, I, I collecting is a strong word. I just have a bunch. Okay. And okay. I like to dress them in things because I collect. Oh, I do collect
0: clothes to a degree. Okay. usually
1: bags. I like bags a lot.
0: Yes. So, you had so many of your records. What happened? Like, tell this story. This is uh, a very Adam Jacking story. Okay. So, uh, it's mostly record label stuff that did
1: it. So that's sure, it not, it sure. Like, it, was it was professional. It's per yeah. We'll, yeah. Back, we'll take a step back to the professional side. Yeah. But um, so the record label, the office is upstairs in our house, and I loaded up the house. So it was like. Pallets of, w- w- would be pallets of records, yeah. like, would be pallets of skateboards. Yeah. And all of this stuff was on the second floor of a house that was not designed for house <laughs> <like most laughs> records, yeah. uh, not that many records. Yeah, it like, was just a little bit heavy, we'll yeah. say. And so, yeah, so many years ago it broke into our dining room a little bit and started with the floor. Uh, I guess the ceiling was sinking. The floor upstairs is still a little off, but it's, it's been, we reframed the whole house because I
0: broke it with records. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, you are the first person I've ever met. Uh, that sounds like something you would see on, like, Florida, Man. broke his house <laughs> with records. Forty. Uh, yeah. Hording. Um, um, and uh, it was just such a you story. Uh, you're the only person I know that that would happen to, and I would immediately go, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that makes sense. So, um, okay. How does your wife uh, deal with all of your well, the same way she deals with the
1: record label, really, her and I like different things, which is good for us because yes. we have different passions and different hobbies different pet projects. Other than, than Disney, right? Well I mean that's still more her than Disney. Yeah. I like Disney for what it is. Okay. But like if I if I didn't go to Disney any time sooner ever sure. again, I would not cry. Sure. Where she would want to go every day if she could. And then well, yeah. like, if we could move to Orlando she would. Um but no so Don't move to Orlando. No. <laughs> it's in Florida? Yeah they're weird? Yeah, then you could really be Florida, man. Uh, so, but the best thing, best thing she ever said so is when talking about the record label, it was probably like six months after I met her, and I almost made it into a shirt because it was just so apt and so just appropriate, where she was like, like it was actually at Death of False Hope, oh. the one she came to with me, and she was like, you know, I don't hate you, I just hate everything you love. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> <and> wow. Wow. <I, laughs> And I almost made that into a shirt. Yeah. I thought it would have been really funny to wear. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I can absolutely hear her saying that. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, she did. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, that's such a Taylor statement. Um, she's got her own collecting, though, right? She likes Funko Pop's.
1: She likes sewing stuff. So if she has a giant collection of things for sewing. She yeah. has like a serger, a couple, Like, I think she has her third sewing machine now a bunch of, like, random things that she makes. Like, she likes the hobby things the collect, like, like build yeah. things. But it's like, like that's kind of her biggest hobby right now. But it, it goes back
0: What, and forth. what
1: about the uh, the McDonald's house? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I, how did I forget about that? Yeah, um, I was going <laughs> to say, she's got her very own unique collecting. So, the entire, when you walk into our house, it, it was misportrayed in the article. Was of about. course. Well, journalists. <laughs> yeah. So, um, basically, a whole stairwell slash wall of our house is dedicated to yeah. Which is funny because I, I mean, I have not eaten at McDonald's since the 90s. <laughs> why, why would you? <laughs> There's literally nothing for you there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even their french fries have meat in them. Yes. Try. So, and when I learned that, it's in the 90s. Yeah. Like, oh, well, in the 90s, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, she's she doesn't go to McDonald's often. She's not like she loves McDonald's. She just, it has a fond nostalgia. Yeah. The kitschy yeah. Uh, aspect of McDonald's. Well, I mean, their,
0: their ads and their imagery were really interesting for branding sure uh well you know they you know ripped off hr puff and stuff right the um uh for the grant like all that that land of mcdonald's stuff oh like, yeah uh, got sid and marty croft that's who it was right yeah uh yeah it's definitely very <laughs> drug fuel it feels right yeah <laughs> it's like the hamburglar and, yeah
1: and did you see recently that they, they mcdonald's decided that grimace is a taste bud originally he was an upside-down milkshake yeah somehow purple yeah but like now he's a taste bud.
0: Uh-huh. well i mean it makes sense that they're up that upside down milkshakes are purple <laughs> because it's the mold that grows in them because they never work. Yeah, uh, yeah. you
1: can't drink them
0: anyway yeah oh so. <laughs> um, yeah uh that i just remember so and for those of you that don't know adam was featured in his, his house was featured in metro
1: right it was metro it was I think New York Times picked it up, or one of those big Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Taylor's made some decent money off that article, actually. Oh, wow. how did she monetize that? So what happens in a situation like that is there's an Australian writer who reached out to her about writing an article about it after she posted something on the internet. Uh-huh. Um, the writer was stoked, basically wrote this whole article, had some pictures, and basically posted it up for other people to take. Okay. And so the Metro New York Post and all this places yeah. bought the article. And so the way that it works with that stuff is if you do it and you go through this company or whatever, every time it's featured, Taylor gets, like, a couple dollars.
0: Wow. And so
1: <laughs> I think she ended up making, like, seven or 800 bucks. Wow. Which is way more than we ever expected.
0: <laughs> yeah. And did it paid for creating the wall yet, or are you still losing
1: money on it? Well, I mean, none of that was
0: expensive. I mean, okay. The most yeah.
1: expensive part was probably the giant golden arches we have. Okay. And those were, like, 100
0: I will make sure that I find some way to incorporate that photo into this. Uh, and I can go home and take a picture. Yeah, I won't, you won't make <laughs> any money off of it. Um, if there's anything with me and Art, you can be sure that it will be a money-losing venture. <laughs> so what you're saying is you are a very good capitalist. So. <laughs> the best. Um, uh, so, you know, one of the other things that you do collect that we sh- have a mutual interest in, and mm. I think you give me a hard time about, is retro video games. Uh, so what do you, what's, like, what? what is your collection, I guess, because
1: that would be the most interesting. So. so, it's pretty much every Nintendo system, so that, I mean, except for the Virtual Boys like, that's only one I don't have, but, um, I need to get one of those eventually, but it, I do everything, I've been getting more of the weird retro ones, so it's like the 3DO and the CDI, which are both disc-based ones yeah. that didn't last long. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they were so expensive back then. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Philips was super expensive back yeah. in the day. And, for that one it also has the only games, like I have one of the Zelda games that I put on Mario, which are like the only
0: non Nintendo s- Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Try,
1: there's still two other Zelda games, but they're so expensive right now, so I'm not gonna get those anytime soon. Um but yeah, so it's like I like the all the weird ones, I like to get the ones that are like sixteen bit <laughs> So it's like <laughs> But, um, yeah. you know, so the sixteen bit ones so I like to the turbo graphics, I like the super the box,
0: big is, uh, box adventure, right?
1: Turbo graphs. Like there's three for Super Turbo. Bonk's Adventure, Bonk's Revenge, Bonk's something. But, yeah. Okay. but basically, yeah, So there's Bonk was there, Mario so Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And Turbo was the cool one because they did the handheld games, or the handheld played with the games, the same ones with the system.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, and of course, no battery life, right? Oh, um, no, yeah. That's like, we see seen Nomads every down and then it worked, and uh, I'm always like, that's really cool, but... It's got like an hour long battery life, and it takes six batteries. <laughs> we are so spoiled these days. Um, yeah, it does have a rechargeable battery. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know, what are these graphics? Um, I can get better graphics. Emulating on my phone is better than that, but there is something cool about owning them. Um, what? No, Nova, they're pretty pricey right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is wild, right? To think about. We carry around something that can emulate in our pockets better than that and uh so what of the what about owning the the classic what appeals to you about that i mean it
1: just kind of like okay i grew up super poor yeah pretty fucking poor and i never had this stuff as a kid so a lot of it is honestly just recapturing shit that i could never have or never afford when i was a kid yeah and it's just like you know it's like nothing when i was when i was a kid it was like i had a nintendo but i got it pretty much when everyone was getting a Super Nintendo, I got yeah. a Nintendo, yeah. and then eventually when everyone was getting N64s, I upgraded to do a Super Nintendo because we got one at the yard sale, but at that point in time, we gave my Nintendo to my younger cousins because they were in the same boat we sure. were we were all four, yeah. and so it was like, it was, and I was super mad at my mom at the time because I was like, why giving away my shit? Yeah. But, but, you know, yeah. life. Yeah. And so it's just kind of weird, but it's like, so basically the long, the long and the short of it is I have a little bit more money than I used to, and thankfully... And yeah. I have the privilege where I can go ahead and
0: act as a childly and have a lot. Yeah. Uh, that, that is one of the things that's cool about being an adult. <laughs> it's like, oh, I like this cool thing. I can own it. I would say one
1: step further, it's one of the best things about not having children. And I mean... No, I, gonna... I mean...
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I had nephews and a niece And what's really cool is... I get to... like. I, my nephews were here and we watched Stand By Me and The Long and we played board games and hung out and it was cool because i got to introduce them to you know stuff from our childhood yeah uh that they didn't get to experience and uh but then i get to give them back well you know i have a niece she's great so yeah it's not, it's not, like i'm not nothing I, is children I'm nothing is children no i'm with just, you I'm it's with just you. a matter
1: of like okay it's if i have a child i have an expense yes yeah, so a yeah. very
0: expensive expense yeah, it's like
1: so it's one of those things
0: it's like, I can either pay for this expense or I can buy all the things I want. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Uh, you know, I think Adrian and I had that conversation too, very early on, and uh, you're right, we couldn't, I couldn't afford the life that I leave um, with a child. No. You couldn't travel for work like you No. Could. No. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, sure that'll get me. Uh, the hordes of board gamers are gonna hate me for saying that. Circle slash. Yeah, uh, but I'm glad yeah. they have children. So yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> oh, somebody no. has to do it. Yes, uh, it's just not us. Um, so what's your favorite? Like, what's the thing that you have got that you're most excited about in this video game collection? Well,
1: okay, so that changes every day. Okay. Because I also buy kind of stuff and I like look stuff up on the internet and I'm just I really nerd out about the stuff. Yeah. So right now, I. I, I I haven't even played it yet. Okay. But right now there's a new a newer system called the Evercade. I've never even heard of that. It's a cartridge based system. Oh boy. <laughs> which I was stoked on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. and it's cartridge based and it also it's mostly nostalgia, like ROM games almost. Okay. So it's like one of the discs or what not even this one of the little cartridges has like Earthworm Gym and a bunch of other games on it. And so it's mostly sixteen bit graphics. Okay. Or yeah. yeah. You can play Atari games on it and okay. stuff like that as well, but um, so it's like that kind of era, but there are things that are out now, and the games are normally like 20 bucks each. Okay. So it's really affordable. Yeah. It's kind of cool, and... Huh. Yeah, my new goal is to get all those games. Okay. Okay. Have you gotten any of them? Yes. Yeah, I have a small selection of them. What do you um, have right now? Um, my favorite one is I bought one of the Pico ones, which okay. Pico, okay, Pico took over the Wisdom Tree game line. Okay. Which Wisdom Tree made all the Christian games yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the day. And so it has some of those on there, but they also, now Pico also makes a lot of weird RPGs that were never, they were translated versions. Okay. So it's like Japanese games that never came out in the United States until the last so many years. Interesting. And so it's kind of cool because they, yeah. they also make Genesis games that never came out in the U.S. Like, currently they make them.
0: So they're translating, you know, 20, 30 year old game. 30 exactly wow that's uh that's why i mean i'm glad uh that somebody's doing that because that's one of the worst parts of really a lot of these niche hobbies right is that and i, I know video games aren't niche hobby but retro video games definitely are right, collecting um, so many of these great games that we just never have to experience right because they're in japanese exactly. uh, and unfortunately i do not read japanese yeah yeah it is unfortunate because uh I feel like they still take a little bit more chances with their video games than Americans do with this. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, you still get some weird stuff in Japanese video games. And now we get those here, but still not on the same timetable. Um, yeah, I. there's like Shining Force, do you know, Shining Force? Oh, I do. I have all, all Shining Force 3. You have Shining Force 3? Yeah. Do you have all three scenarios? No. So, only Scenario 1 was brought to the United States. Scenario 2 and Scenario 3 are Japanese only. And it broke my heart when I was, you know, I was Saturn, so yeah. it would have been like 95, 96, somewhere in there. Uh, games are really expensive, yeah. They are. Uh, I only got to play the first Scenario. I love Shining Force. It's one of my favorite, you know, strategy RPGs, which is one of my favorite genres. And there's two more of them out there, and they're fans' translators, so you can do. But I I would love to be able to sit down and play. Never, never gonna happen. Well, I had, a,
1: I found a bootleg copy, or it's a repro or whatever, of Blingracer. Oh yeah, number two for Genesis. Yeah. And it never came out in the United States for it, so I was like, I'll buy this. It's cool. But I, I, and I also like, I I like finding the weird games that when you find them,
0: they they brought one of those games over, but they changed it. It was like War Song or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that was on the Genesis, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I do love uh, Landgrisser and Gro Lancer and all of that. Like, uh, that that's my favorite genre, of Oh, I'm, we're on the same page. Like, my yeah. favorite game growing up, my cousin
1: had it. We used to sit down and play uh, Dragon Warrior 4. Yeah. For days. Yeah. And then when I was in junior high, my best friend and I, Scott, we used to... Or well, he would rent it because, again, he had money. Yeah, um, we, he would rent Earthbound, and yeah. i
0: gave from our, from which now is on the the Switch store, Or the Switch, uh, SNES though. I yeah. don't know if you saw that. Oh, it is. Yeah. It also comes in the, S, the SNES classic. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because for a long time they have, like kept Earthbound, and gave it away, right? You couldn't play it. Huh? You still can't play the first one in the United States, right? Yeah, I have the bootleg copy for right. Nintendo. So that's one of those things. It's wild. There's still so many. Great games out there. Uh, we can't. Play. It's, uh, um, I guess talking about that, what we're going to be talking about close this is out is our uh, top ten Switch games. Uh, and um, I will tell you, the interview I did before you was the first time I ever did this, where I didn't just do it off the top of my head, um, because I, I needed time to prep for that one. And this one, I didn't even get that opportunity. Adam didn't even tell me what it was until we sat down. Originally. I was thinking
1: about doing my top 10 favorite cats because I have 11 of them, but I thought that would be meaningful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I would not be
0: able to participate in this at all. Um, and I was also thinking top 10 favorite shirts, but that would require talking about my wife a lot. Yeah, it, because your wife makes your shirts. That's yes, you good. This amazing sparkly uniform shirt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I wore this shirt in honor of Adam, uh, and I've got uh, Hula Girl shorts on um, because I had to dress up for my guests. Um, so, we're gonna go with, uh, we'll do our top 10. You're gonna, Adam's actually got him with him. He's gonna tell us why it's in your top 10 and then uh, we'll start 10 and go work our way up to number one. Uh, so, I'll let you go first. Hold on one second. Oh, I see some, Be uh, be interested to see if we cross over it all here. They got out of order. It's perfect for one second. That's how the brain works, otherwise it will not
1: function. So, number 10. Alright. In countdown order fashion. I feel
0: like I should go get mine. Uh, so what's your number 10? Is Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Oh, alright. Alright. I've never <laughs> even heard of this. What is this? It's
1: kind of like an action RPG game. Okay. But you're a turnip. Alright. I mean, you know, it's stupid and I love Like, I bought it for the name alone. Yeah. That I, name, yeah, that's an incredible, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> <It> commits tax <that>. evasion. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can see like I, most of the games I picked are like sixteen-bit style graphics, yeah. where it's like, you know, it's fun. So that is number one. There's no, re, there's no big explanation for it. It's just amazingly dumb.
0: Yeah, uh, how could you not pick it with that name? Um, so let me think. If I was gonna go with my my ten, um, I, I would go with um, it's. A, I downloaded this game. Uh, it's this is cheating because it's a board game, uh, but I play it uh, a lot when I was flying. Um, it's Sugrana, so it's a you know dice drafting game. Um, I never I play it solo. I go through the challenge modes. Um, I love the board game, uh, but it's just something really satisfying about the implementation of that game. So for me, I, I can't show it. I'm I not like Adam. I don't <laughs> have to. I mean, I have to take pictures of all of these and post them uh, when we do them, but. Uh, uh, so my number 10 is Socorrata, uh, alright, so what's, what's number
1: 9? So, number 9, this is a remake, but it was just something that I love, it's oh, yeah. Games. so, uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 on one game for the Switch, he, I mean, you can't go wrong, Yeah. I, I did learn that one of the people who basically fests and helps run fest, do you know about Steve? I don't. He is the number 1 Tony Hawk player in the world. Oh my goodness! And he all his guy makes the test app. Oh, okay, cool. So um, I, I don't know him very well. I've only met him but I was stoked to hear that. I was so excited for him. That was amazing. It was something that was great. Um, so Tony Hawk One Two, collected thing. It was just I remember in the nineties when all my friends had
0: it on PlayStation. Yeah, that, I mean that game kind of helped take something that probably at that point you also loved and mainstream it in a way, right? Like skateboarding wasn't cool when we were in high school and And punk rock was you know kind kind of accepted loosely yeah you know green day was fine their offspring was fine uh you know the bad religion maybe not so much right they they were on mtv but they weren't cool Um, yeah it's like rancid was known but not yeah But then that game came out and all of a sudden everybody was playing a skateboarding game and listening to punk rock. Uh, it was a cultural phenomenon, right? 100%. Uh, um, so for me, um, my number nine uh, is something that I like playing it. Uh, I, beat it uh, to, I beat it pretty thoroughly on my Xbox. Uh, and then it came out on the switch and it wasn't quite as good because there's a craft for powerhouse it's not skyrim i will tell you <laughs> that uh but it's such a good game um it's one of the best role-playing games i've ever played uh it was made by a Polish company um and it's super popular now it's the witcher 3. Oh, uh, yeah. uh like wow what a great game <laughs> I, I, the only thing that wouldn't make me just keep it from being higher is it's not switching No, it's not the best system for it. I bought it on Switch as well. Yeah. It's not like... ah, But I love that game. So, uh, and uh, I I sunk some time into it, even on my Switch. Uh, Because it's just such a good game. And that one is great on the Switch. No, I own that one. Didn't make my top ten. Yeah, it's it's fair. That's fair. Because it's not a great Switch game. It's just a great game. Exactly. Um, Next
1: up is a different RPG, a different game. Yeah. yeah. Undertale. Because... It is one of the weirdest, slash it's simple, yes. but it's weird, Yeah, and I like 16-bit an- like graphics yeah. animation, and I thought the way this thing was made was phenomenal, so it's just, it's a game I tell everyone to check out.
0: It, uh, I, the first time I played that, I've never played it on the Switch, i played it on PC. Yeah. And uh, the first time I played Undertale, I accidentally, like, I didn't realize the, the, you know, mother that calls you on the phone, like I didn't realize that there was a way to win that fight without killing her, uh, and I kept <laughs> trying not to, and then I I accidentally killed her, uh, and I got so frustrated with myself and quit playing the game, I, I wanted to do this the, the clean way, because uh, it's a game where you don't have to kill people. Exactly. Um, and I love so, that about it, it's very... It's wholesome. It is, it's, it's, it's a very, it is a very unique game. Um, my so my number eight is something i uh, also the reason this isn't higher on the switch this is a much better switch game is i sunk way more time into this on xbox than i've done on switch i've only done one farm um but it is the best farming simulator i think uh, of all time uh, it's really great i'm sure you already know what i'm talking about uh the starting valley which yeah it is just it's a great game uh it works great on the switch um it's perfect for picking up and playing just doing a day uh man has there ever been a better game where it's just one more turn just one more turn uh oh, and it can also be like i i mean i like the um
1: dungeon aspect of yeah it. it's like you don't have to do farming you yeah have to.
0: You, yeah it's so adaptable there's multiple paths you know the relationship you develop the farm different farms you can do uh you know you can go through a few years with it and, and let it go or you can stick with it forever you know it, it's just a really cool game so so
1: plus that like, game reminds me of kenny
0: of kenny and kenny loves that game oh yeah kensington. kensington yeah kenny did love uh does love that game there uh i hope well i'll tell them to watch so watch this kenny hi um I hope you're doing well in pittsburgh um so my number eight is oh, sorry. I mean, like
1: I said, I, that's in my list as well. Yeah! <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, the, so number seven is, they, they, they <laughs> did a new <laughs> Earl yeah. game. Yeah. And Earl was, it was, again, not, I never had a Genesis growing up, but it was like, if, if I went to my friend's house, mm-hmm. this is what I wanted to play. Yeah. And it was just one of the weirder, I mean, what, kind of open world, kind of platformy, yeah. kind of, I, I don't even know, it's just weird. And it... I tried to get taylor
0: to play it she hated it but you know more for me um i i've never played that i because toe jam and earl's i never knew what i was doing i played it on the genesis i played both of them and i could never quite figure it out um parts of a rocket ship now now, but when i was you know a small child (laughs) that game never made sense to me uh it is a very weird game. I'm glad it still exists. It is such a 90s. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, so 90s. It's the font on it Yes, like,
1: yes. Like, yes.
0: It's very like, uh, Rugrats and like that, uh, you know, that Nintendo Manic Energy. Very much exists in total. Genre. Exactly. Uh, and it's got, it does have a great soundtrack. Uh, I have not played that one, but, the, the one of you had an awesome soundtrack. Um... So my number seven, right? That's one of seven. It uh, is actually four games, but they're all essentially really the same thing. Um, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Planescape Tournament, and Neverland Knights, uh, the, the D&D collection that you can play on your Switch. Uh, I still, watch. Your I still, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fun way for me to get to play those games again. And I play it dock but it. it's not really great on yeah. DOT, I will say, but DOT, it's awesome. Uh, I don't know if you've them. I have. I own them too. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I have like 350 Switch games Yeah, now. it's <laughs> insane. It's, it's <laughs> a bad <laughs> habit. The, the, the pandemic made it so I was buying one every couple days on Amazon. Yeah. Over a handful of like the limited run sites. So it's limited run fan gamer. I mean, stuff like that. So yeah. All the different ones. Um, have you
0: tried Divinity 2? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, it's like, maybe. <laughs> it's very similar. To yes. The game. It, it, it's awesome. Uh, it might be. might talk about that later. Oh. That's, what's like that. that's what I say. If you like that, that's
1: what I strongly recommend. That's also not, not quite making my top ten, but that was very close. Uh,
0: I love that game. Um, so yes, okay. uh, I have yeah. played it. <laughs> um, Just making sure. Uh, so now we're at
1: six. So six. Yeah. So I'll give, go back to the same one Ricky said earlier. Um, Stardew Valley came out for the Switch physically, um, I didn't buy it. I never played it until I could get it physically for the Switch. Okay. So, um, I bought this. I bought the deluxe version because I'd seen it played before and I thought it was amazing looking. And then I bought the the giant guide to go with it because, again, it's one of the indie companies, fan gamer made it and so their big boxes are very comprehensive and have all the interesting things in them. So it was like, it had a little farm stand thing for it and it was all like burned wood and it all fit into place and it's just like in very intense details you know so I was excited to support them and buy it yeah that's that's awesome so yeah again farming simulator
0: yeah it's it's a great one. <laughs> mm-hmm. like I I don't everything about that game is, is awesome uh, it, it is a revolution as a genre and now there's people cloning it left and right uh, so yeah I agree with that wholeheartedly <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, for my number six um I'm gonna pick a game, uh, that was a sequel, um, to a game I never played before, um, it is a very, uh, it's cool style, uh, very fun gameplay, it's a, it's a turn-based RPG, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, it was, I think a lot of Nintendo games, especially the like first party games, or, or you know, exclusives, uh, are very same, right? Like it's the same game, just in the generation. Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles was something new and fresh, and uh, just the, the, the way the gameplay worked, uh, like the diving, uh, it felt like a, a callback to that, you know, late 90s RPG, uh, modernized without being repetitive or, you know, drawing to the yeah. ground like a lot of square uh, but uh, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles. I don't know if you played it. I I love that game. It was I have played it a little bit. I have to dig back in. I have it
1: as you know. Yeah, at most. I mean, I'm not. I'm not asking the most, but I have quite a few. Yeah.
0: Games. There, there's a little mini game in there too that was just fun. it was just a fun game. It was a fun game. I really I was surprised. I didn't expect to like that game, and then I played it. Uh, non you for. Know, so, so Xenoblade Chronicles two is my number two. Now we're in the top ah, half, or top five, top five Switch games. See, in this one it's funny that you'd say you Square Enix right now, because
1: the first Square game that I brought up, um, it's a remake, but it's a collection of Mana, because Secret of Mana is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time, and since we're going for Switch, I thought I'd dig back in. Um, Actually, I just started playing it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on my first playthrough on the Switch. That's uh, Secret of Mana. Yes. Uh, so this one includes uh, Final Fantasy Adventures, Secret of Mana, and Trials of Mana. Okay. But there's also Trials of Mana game, which is like a review version, and then there's a new Mana game that came out this year as well, or last year.
0: I, I've only played Secret of Mana, but that is it. <laughs> that, I remember how cool it was to be able to plug in the second controller and get to play with my friends. Six. And one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. Three yeah. plays. Three plays. What a weird uh weird number, right? Um so uh my number five, uh, we actually talked about it already. Um uh it was it's a great game. Um it suffers a little bit on the, the system, I will say. Uh but it is such a good game um that I bought it again for the Switch to play with my friends connor and jamil uh because it is a turn-based rpg that you can play with up uh, to uh four people i believe and that's divinity 2 original sin uh it's a great game <laughs> um uh i love the divinity games uh they're making they just they did um Gate Gate 3. Oh, um which is not out yet or is it it's like an early release i think or it might actually be out but um i'm looking forward to playing that but yeah divinity 2. uh it's like a puzzle. You got to walk in, and figure out how to solve each room, and uh, the fact that you can split your party and go in different directions, and you're both—you're just existing in this world. Uh, and one person can be a good person, and one person can be a bad person, and that just—you can do that. Uh, it's a cool game. I love, I love the it. So yeah, I like it a lot. It's not,
1: like you said, not the best switch port, but it is. That's that's if it was, it would be probably higher though. Wow. Exactly. And so this would be my first beat 'em up game. Okay. Um, I loved the first one when I was younger. Oh yeah. And I bought the game the version of this from Asia because the limited runs version was selling for two hundred dollars now. Oh boy. But I ended up getting a copy for a much better deal. Alright. But River City Girls, um, it's the first River City River City Ransom was amazing yep. for Nintendo. Yeah. And in River City Ransom, the girlfriends are kidnapped. Okay. So in this one, the boyfriends are kidnapped. And you play as the girlfriends trying to fight through and, and save them. All right. And it turns out that they weren't really kidnapped and they don't... That, so the, the twist. The twist yeah. in this game is when you beat it finally, you get to a point where they weren't really kidnapped and they're, they're the boyfriends like, what are you talking about? Why are you looking for us? We're fine.
0: Yeah. So it was a really weird, like... That is weird. Uh, that is very weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never played that game. I was very interested in it. Um, like, I saw it, and it, cause I think it was on Xbox Game Pass for a while, uh, and I looked at it, and I was just like, you know what, I, I'm not ever going to have time to play this, so I didn't, um, and now I kind of want to, so I'll see if I can, uh, track that down to play it. <laughs> borrow, just borrow it. <laughs> uh, I recommend it. It's fucking awesome. Um, so, I gotta think. I guess I'm trying to think of how to order uh, I know you know what my top three are because they're the ones i played the most um, I guess actually this is I got two that I'm thinking about for this I'm doing this off the top of my head but I think the game that probably I had the most fun with even though it was not originally a switch game it was a Wii U game um, but it's one of those you know, Nintendo puts out a lot of the same games over and over again, but this one's always consistently fun to me, um, and it's Mario Kart. Uh, the Mario Kart for the Switch came with all the extra add-ons to it, um, and it's just something about anybody can play Mario Kart. <laughs> and when I got it, it, was I was thinking about it, it was either Bomberman or Mario Kart, and I was like, which one did I have more fun with? And I, I was going back and forth between this. I think I like Bomberman a little bit more, uh, but Part of video gaming is the experience, right? Yeah, with and being able to play with so many people and everybody being able to just sit around it—it it really brings back to what you know consoles were really about: playing with your friends on the same screen. Uh, so for, for me, it's going to be Mario Kart Eight uh, for the Switch. So. Have you downloaded the extra tracks? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm waiting for the next batch. The first two were great, but you yeah. know, really nice. just three issues kind of tracks, so yeah. excited for yeah. reviews. No, no. Mario Kart's amazing. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a great one. So I, I tried to avoid the bigger like the more yeah. the bigger titles or the more like like
0: I didn't put Breath of the Wild the I there for instance. I didn't either. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Breath of the Wild I, I, I liked Horizon Zero Dawn way better. Uh they're similar names in a lot of ways. Uh, but I played Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, i that was more of my style like
1: that I kind of for. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the next one I have, yeah. Number three. Again mm-hmm. this is the only other one I made that was like a collection that was put into things thing as a reissue from Square actually as well. Um, my favorite role playing game of all time, as I said earlier, is the Dragon Warriors. Dragon There's always Dragon Quest in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this game has the first three on it. Okay. And even though number four was my favorite game of all time growing up, you can't beat having all of them in yeah. one of that area. And yeah, Akira
0: like Toriyama art. Uh, I love Dragon Ball Z and I love the Desert Battle. Exactly. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, you know,
1: clearly the, the, the I guess it's 8-bit. The 8-bit version is not necessarily his art,
0: because it's... Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. <laughs> not the actual game, but yeah. the manual, the artwork, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I don't know if you ever played these or not. I have, yeah. I scary. played Dragon Warrior, yeah. The well, first one not as good. Yeah. Because
1: you don't have a, have no party. It's just yeah. you walking around. Like, yeah. Where two and three, and then four, you have a
0: party. I, I remember NES Dragon Warrior, like Final Fantasy. I remember those games. Yeah. They were very frustrating because <laughs> you had to do a lot of grinding. All grinding. Uh, something I'm so glad they got away from. Um, in fact, uh, my number three is a callback to slightly later era of RPG uh, in this company. It's a Square Enix game, uh, but it was. You know I, I feel like around Final Fantasy 7 that company really lost their way. They became more about cinematics, they became more about you know, convoluted stories and less about making a fun game. Uh, but then they made Octopath Travel, and it was everything I loved about like Final Fantasy 3 in a video game. Uh, it, the way you know you could you know you had your eight different characters and they all would follow them in their own story but they kind of intersected and who did you want to use and then I've beaten it with four characters so I can go back and play this game and I have four other characters that I had to go on a completely different adventure with. I haven't done that yet um, but the fact that I can and get to experience the game in a whole new way uh, it, it was fresh it was exciting uh, with retro graphics and uh, a mod- it, I don't know I just love off the path it was a very cool I was very excited that one
1: was a hard one to not put in my Yeah. <laughs> I think mean, the only reason I didn't is because I haven't beat it yet. And not, uh, I haven't
0: dedicated the time to it that I need to. Uh, yeah. My number one, I actually haven't beaten yet, which I know is kind of why. <laughs> I love it so much. And uh, it I came, came out recently. So, that makes sense. Yeah. So, num- number
1: two, back to the farm simulation yeah. This one I think does it better than Starry. Okay. It's Littlewood. Oh, Which I've not heard of this. Littlewood is very similar to Stardew Valley, actually. Okay, but it's it's slightly different. And so the, the interesting thing about this is there's a wizard, like there's a bad, evil wizard person. Mm-hmm. But both he and your character lose their memories, and you're building this town up from scratch. It's huh. like, this one's like building a town in addition to farm. Okay. It's a. But I do like that. And so that's the, a, <laughs> that's not very appealing. And so, the, but the bad wizard comes and lives in your town. And you guys can become friends, and it, it's kind of rad. Cause like it, basically, they introduce you to different people throughout the game, and once you meet them, they'll then show up in your town and be like, "Hey, you told us about this town. We want to live here. You, can you build us a house?" And then you have to build stuff to build a house.
0: Yeah. And That's. It's, yeah. It's pretty rad. Um, that sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> I actually really like that a lot. Uh, and I'm gonna throw out my honorable mention that I, I only didn't put on here because. Um. I should have, uh, but you made me think of it. That made me think of uh, when you are talking about this, completely different game, The Civ Six is one that was going to be on my list, but it's not. Um, and I love that game, and I played it into the dirt, but it was such a bad version on the Switch, <laughs> <laughs> uh, With none of the DLC. So if I think the DLC's out there for it now, and if I got that, it'd probably It, probably it might there. help it a little bit. Uh, but Littlewood, uh, I was just thinking, I was like, oh, I really love, this looks really good.
1: And it's also made by Super Rare, which it's like Super Rare limited run. Um, what's the other one? Fan Gamer. Yeah. I try to buy all the indie games with yeah. so it's like this one. It's it's. I don't know how expensive it is now, but like for a while it was like close to 100 bucks. But you you can download it. Yeah. It's just a matter of like I am Is it so? It's on the store. I think so. Okay. But I'll I, check I, that out. I'm weird about things, and I always want to have the physical copy of things. Yeah. Because I know eventually what'll happen is I'll lose the store. And then you have zero
0: access to all these games you love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll just go offline. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, my number two is a Nintendo property. It is literally the only Nintendo series that consistently puts out games that I like. That's fall into the same trap as a lot of the other Nintendo properties. But it's always different enough for me. Uh, it's three houses. Fire Emblem three. It's, uh. I love strategy RPGs. I love the dating sim aspects in those games. They're really satisfying strategy RPGs. The art is incredible. The gameplay is great. Uh, Fire Emblem is one right? uh, of the neat strategy RPGs, series, and it's it's one of the ones that's endured. But uh, it's not the best Fire Emblem. No, um, it's not the best, but I like it. But it is the game I have played the most of. Uh, so, 6 is the game I played the most I'm on the Switch, that's kind of. <laughs> uh, but this is the game I played the second most on the Switch. Um, and I, I just really like it. it. I think that's why Fire Emblem didn't make my top ten,
1: because it's not my favorite Fire Emblem game. It's, what's your favorite? I, that goes back and forth. I like GD- the okay. I the old like 3, yeah. the 3DS games or DS games. It's yeah. like, it, I, I haven't played the one for GameCube though because it's really expensive. Oh, uh. Uh, Radi- Papa Radiant. Yeah, I have that one
0: Yeah. yeah. And I,
1: I bought the remake of the first one for the Switch, and
0: I was so mad. Yeah. I don't know if you bought it. I did, I have it. There's no physical like game in there? Yeah. It's Just download there. I
1: mean, Because you have to put the yeah. fake Nintendo games. Like yeah. All the other stuff, and it's like, you didn't even give me a Switch card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still bought it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's still got my money. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's not the best Fire My favorite Fire Emblem game is the Okay, I love that. That is, if you ask me, we got to do my top ten strategy RPGs. So, somebody out there watching this, when you're ready to do an interview with me, if you want my top ten SRPGs, that's in there. Um, tactical RPGs, but uh, I love Three Houses. It was, good, I, I really like it a lot. It's great. I mean, yeah, I, it's another game I
1: I dove into. I haven't beat. I think I, it's like <sighs> the ADHD in me. Sometimes, I, sure. When
0: you have three hundred games sitting on your shelf, you're like, oh. The one thing I will tell you that was hard for me in that one is one of the, like, they got a little too far. Like, Fates, it got a little too more in the Digging sim and less on the strategy RPG game. Uh, and I didn't like Fates as much for Right and Conquest. Like, eh, I own it. I almost beat one of them and then I need to go back and finish those. But uh, the one thing I didn't like is you don't get with your, your person until the very end of it. Uh, and I kept waiting, like, I knocked out my hearts, and I was just like, oh, when do I get my, you know, my S-Rank event? Well, I found out. <laughs> At the very end of the game. I was like, well, that's a bummer. Uh, I don't get all the benefits of the S-Rank throughout the game. But, uh, uh, all right, bring us home. What's your number one?
1: So, number one is a game I just beat. Okay. So, it's the most fresh in my memory. All right. It is another limited-run title. Um, it is Golf Story. Yeah. There, which is funny, because I'm not a, I don't like golf. But... The RPG aspect yeah. of it is amazing. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard so many good I'm not playing it. But and it's, it's something things about it. The gameplay is like Mario Golf. Yeah. But it's something that when you play it, it's just phenomenal. It's a lot of fun. It's the RPG aspect of it's amazing and then the, the story behind it's interesting. Like he has a, a I guess they're still married, wife that shows up with her new boyfriend person at his golf thing to, oh, make, wow. to take his winnings at one of yeah. them. Yeah. Wow. So she gets half. Okay. Which was... <laughs> yeah! What a bummer for I mean, him. really weird storyline to yeah, throw that in. Yeah, yeah. Like Curveball. Um, and it's also, like, when he first starts off, he's playing with, like, his old equipment and he's, like, thinking about his dad and like, this, this, this yeah. nostalgic thing. So it's, like, I don't know, just, like, it... it the graphics song for 16-bit style. Yeah. It's... It's something that, like, I just sunk 30-ish hours into it in the last, like, month. And it was a lot
0: of fun. I, I heard you talk, like, we got together recently and you we were talking about that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, I heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, I'm glad you've beaten it. I, I might, like, knock on your door for a little wooden golf story. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, let me borrow those. Uh, once I get through my number one, um, I'm, I'm about 75% through it. Uh, it is a also a callback. It's a modern game, um, and it's funny when this game came out, it got compared to Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, Tactics Ogre, which I do see the Tactics Ogre, not so much the Final Fantasy Tactics. But when I played it, it was, like, they took Shining Force and brought it into a modern era. uh, era. And that's Triangle Strategy. Terrible name. Yeah, (laughs) worse name. Terrible name. But, I, I think, um, you know, Adrian's uh, sitting in our, on our couch, in our, in our, uh, production area, I guess, and, uh, uh, can remember I started playing this and I was giddy uh, <laughs> I it, it was a, everything I loved about shining force uh, but, you know, there's there is a branching storyline in it which you, but it's uh, there's a really cool mechanic where your party you don't choose the path the story takes your party chooses it and you can persuade them whether or not to go a certain way um, you're Your initiative is based on your speed stat, which is a very Shining Force thing. You level up at 100, which is also a Shining Force thing. You promote your characters, which is also a Shining Force thing. Uh, And you're you're in, you know, there's no multi-classing. You are what you are. And you know, you tread down this, you choose when to level them up. Um, uh, There's little explorations where you get to explore little towns in between. It's got chapter-based battles. Like, literally, it's like they took the tactics over graphic style and storyline and crossed it with Shining Force 3 and uh, it's the best game I've ever played for the Switch uh, it's my favorite game so I haven't I've done it for I, if you like strategy RPGs I am a big fan I don't know <laughs> if you can tell uh, so that was our top 10 Switch games um, this has been Adam Gecking uh, and you know as Adrian would say if you enjoyed this like and subscribe and uh, we'll see you next week so, thank you Yeah